Hey, yo, say hello to the back. Scott Hall. Hey, this is Olympic gold medalist Kurt Angle from TNA. Oh, it's real. It's damn real. Hi, this is Booker T, the five-time WCW champion. And you listen to SNS Radio Network. Yo, monkeys, it's me, PPP, the king of Adabim, the master of the diamond cutter, the three-time, three-time, three-time world champion. Stay tuned or you will feel Hey, you listen on the SNS Network, and that's the bottom line. The no Centro. The world is listening. Radio Network. Hope everybody's having a good week. This, of course, is Ashley taking you all the way through the ups and downs, mostly ups at the minute, anyway, of uh, indie wrestling. And joining me this week is Sandro. Sandro, how are you doing? I'm doing very well. I'm very excited because I just got my tax return money earlier this week, and I'm happy. 
he's going to spend that money by going to see Kaiju Big Bell. Uh, I don't think so. <laughs> well, I could. It'd be this cheap, but if they're around Brooklyn, why not? <laughs> I don't know if you're going to spend some of it on... Are some of the WrestleCon... Well, we'll get to one of the WrestleCon things in the news, but any of the WrestleCon shows feasible for you to go to? Or is work probably going to be in the way of quite a bit of it? Uh, I don't have a car, so I mean, unless somebody could take me to the show, I'll be more than happy to pay for a ticket. There you go. <laughs> Anybody wants to give Sandra a lift, get in touch. <laughs> Hole India snsradionetwork.com. Even if you're a taxi firm, as long as somebody emails in, you know that'll be that'll be a privilege for the show. But yeah. <laughs> We shall get down to the news. Sandro, I'm going to let you lead off first because I believe one of the big stories of this week is the announcement of, as I said, of WrestleCon, Dragon Gate. And is it just Dragon Gate or is it Evolve as well that have revealed its cards for the WrestleCon event? Well, so far, it's just Dragon Gate USA's uh, two shows during the WrestleMania okay. weekend, uh, which is... We'll first start off with Open the Ultimate Gate 2013, which will take place on Saturday night, April 6th at 8 p.m. Of course, will take place at the Meadowlands Expo Center in Secaucus, New Jersey. Uh, tickets are still available at our WrestleCon.com. Uh, some of the matches that have been announced so far are is a six-way freestyle match uh, pitting Chuck Taylor, Eric Cannon, Jigsaw, Tony Nese, Fire Ant, and the debuting Shane Strickland. Oh, blimey. Considering how many of those talents we saw at National Pro Wrestling Day and how much I'm aware of the other ones, that's going to be interesting. Oh, there's going to be more interesting in the next show, but we'll get to that in a bit. Oh, God. Next match uh, is a grudge match uh, between John Davis and Samurai Del Sol. Oh. John Davis has grudges with everyone. Yeah, this might be a a quick squash for for Davis. I don't know. See what happens. Next match is a match with uh, Brian Kendrick taking on Rich Swan. Nice, nice high-flying match that should be. Next match is Sammy Callahan taking on the returning Uha Nation. Uha Nation, wow. This will be a, a big test for Callahan. The next match confirmed so far is uh, Akira Tosawa taking on Ricochet. Oh, that's, that's like a dream match. Should be a fun match. I don't think they have any uh, one-on-ones before be fun to watch uh next match is for the open the united gate tag team titles as the current champions shima and ar fox defend the titles against the young bucks i sense something happening there but we'll see and the final match is for the open the freedom gate title as the current champion johnny gargano will take on the returning shingo takaji Making his long-awaited Dranka USA return in almost a year. It's been a long time since he's been in the States. So this should be a big challenge for Gargano. 
That's, yeah. With, with the way it kind of is built, if you just looked at it from that sense, it's kind of, they're bringing him in for a reason. Mm-hmm. So, it'll be good to see what he uh, shows us on uh, April, I'm trying to think. Sixth? Yes, April, April 6th. Okay. And the next show will be Mercury Rising 2013. Now, uh... Has it got Bruce Willis in it? Uh, I don't think so. <laughs> now, uh, uh, several weeks back, I said that originally, if you went to their website, JoringaUSA.tv, uh, on their events listing, it says that the show will take place April 7th, WrestleMania Day, at 8 p.m. Now, since then, it has been changed, so the show will now take place at 1 p.m., which is a smart move. Yeah, you're not going head-to-head with WrestleMania. No. It's kind of an advantage to have. Yeah. <laughs> as always, we'll take place in the same place, as always, in the Meadowlands Expo Center. And we'll start off with some of the matches confirmed so far. Uh, tag team match uh, between the Super Smash Brothers taking on the Duff team of Sammy Callahan and Eric Cannon. Duff, Duff, Duff. Duff, man. No, that's... Different Duff. The next match is an interesting match with uh, Brian Kendrick taking on Chuck Taylor. Again, a nice, a nice combination there, possibly. Now, this next match is... This could be a very dangerous match. As it is a fray match, but there will be ladders involved here. A fray match? Yes. Now, for those that don't know, I'm going to explain. It's basically somewhat like a Royal Rumble-esque type match, but uh, the only way to eliminate someone is to by pinfall submission. Now, the competitors so far that's been confirmed are the Young Bucks, Samurai Del Sol, and Facade, and more to be added in the next coming weeks. And as I said, uh, match rules... Two guys start, another guy comes in the ring every two minutes, eliminations can take place by pinfall, submissions, and for some reason, DQs. I don't know why, but whatever. Everybody gets DQ'd. <laughs> and apparently the, the ladders are going to be, ladders are going to be legal once everybody is in the match. So they can't use ladders unless everybody everybody's in the ring. Expect a lot of crazy spots here. Yeah, especially with... It's, it's like normally with a ladder match, you climb up to get something. In this one, there is nothing there. Basically, it's just, let's do flippy spots from higher up. <laughs> now, uh, the next match is uh, a very long rivalry going on in Dranket, Japan, as Shingo Takaji takes on Akira Tozawa. Now, this is a, a match that I've seen uh, several times in Japan and in Dranga USA. Uh, it should be fun to watch. Watch these two beat the crap out of each other. That might, that might be why they brought him back. Because <laughs> that match... That match is basically Dragon Gate, except it's been loaned out to the USA. <laughs> it's not like American talents. It's the actual Japanese guys coming over and basically going, Yeah... We're better than WWE at this kind of thing. 
And in the main event, so far, is a uh, six-man tag match. Now, there's... It is going to be the team. It's going to be Team Shima taking on Team Gargano. Now, so far, no other competitors has been announced. So far, it's just Shima and Johnny Gargano. So it should be interesting to see who they'll put in the, their teammates here. Well, the question is, when is Shikara's uh, WrestleCon show? Uh. I believe it's either the Thursday or Friday. Okay, so it's... Because I'm just thinking, one guy that is perfect for Gargano is Chuck Taylor. Well, he still has a feud in Dranga USA, plus he's going to be wrestling there early in the night. So, so that puts him out, yeah. yeah. But uh, also confirmed for both shows are... Uh, A.R. Fox, uh, Ricochet, John Davis, Uha Nation, Christina Von Erie, Ata is returning, The Scene, and more to be announced so far. Okay, Von I'm still, still trying to work out how Von Erie will be involved. Well, she's a part of the, the Matt Blanky stable, so she'll just be on uh, Tozawa and Uha's Nation's corner. Or she'll be in the uh, the throwing match. God help us. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you saw what happened to her at the death match in yeah. CZW. I think you can go with the guys. <laughs> uh, now we'll just go to the, some uh, international news here. We'll start with the uh, Chilever news with AAA. Uh, they did confirm that Lufisto will be a part of their uh, Reina de Reina tournament uh, this weekend. They'll, they'll take place, and she'll also be a part of the TV taping. Uh, also announced was uh, uh, Tejano Jr. will defend his uh, AAA world title in a rematch against the former champion El Macias, but this time it won't be in Mexico or in AAA. Uh, the match will take place in Puerto Rico, on April 21st for the debut show of WWL, which is a new promotion that they've uh, started. It's going to start in April. And a pretty somewhat of an all-star lineup that they got. Uh, from the names that I saw, uh, I saw Christopher Daniels on that show. Uh, Steve Carino is also confirmed for the show. Uh, Blue Demon Jr. Uh, Samurai Del Sol is going to be on that show, but he's going to be under the Octagon Jr. gimmick. Uh, Blue Demon Jr. is also going to be on that show. Somewhat of a international lineup there. Uh-huh. And we'll end here with um, J- Japan news. Uh, first, we'll start with um, New Japan. And apparently uh, several, I guess, future endeavors. Uh, the first big news is that M- MVP will no longer be a part of the company. Uh, he left on good terms. Uh, he said on his Twitter that he's going to take a break from wrestling and he's going to be focusing on a TV project for Lionsgate TV. So that should be interesting for him. Uh, not really a big loss. He hasn't done anything uh, major since he had the uh, Intercontinental title there. I'm sure he'll be welcome back if he decides to return to wrestling. And also, in somewhat of a surprising move, uh, in the New Japan website, 
Apparently, both Low-Key and Shelton Benjamin had been removed from their roster page. Okay. So that should be very interesting, uh, specifically more Low-Key, which... I don't know. I'm guessing he might be returning. He might be returning to Dragon USA during WrestleCon. I'm just thinking Shelton. Mm. He's got nowhere left to go now. Oh, wait. Stanford. Well, you never know. Maybe. We shall see. Yeah. Interesting. And the last news is uh, involving All Japan. Uh, somewhat of a big news that came out this week as uh, All Japan has a new owner. As uh, the the new ownership is going to be run under Nobu Shirashi, who owns uh, Speed Partners, which is a uh, corporate uh, company, uh, similar to what um, New Japan's new owners. They it's a separate uh, corporate company, and uh, apparently. They had made a couple of changes here. Uh, I believe the new owner says that he wants to he wants to host a uh, Tokyo Dome show within the next three years. Uh, I don't know. That's a, that's a big claim that he wants to do, but we'll see what happens. But also out of this, he made a, a very big statement saying that uh, the company will no longer accept. Uh, freelance wrestlers or other talents from other companies as this new rule will take effect in April. Now, the interesting thing about this is some of the current, uh, the current roster, at least half of the roster are either freelancers or work for other promotions. So they're either going to have to sign up to all Japan deals or they're no longer going to be working for the company. But uh, this is very big news for All Japan. Uh, they've been somewhat of a down slump since uh, Keiji Muro uh, was running the company as the president and made somewhat of a bad decision throughout the years. Some good, but most were bad. So it should be interesting to see what kind of... Uh, how they're going to run this company. Uh, they're going to... Basically, how they're going to make the shows better. Because uh, he has some big plans yeah. for the company. So we'll see what happens with that. I'm a little bit... Are either of these corporations run by the Yakuza? No. <laughs> I hope uh, it's, it's just I keep remembering the story of what happened to Pride in the fight, you know, the... Yeah. In the mixed martial arts, and it's... I'm just wary about any Japanese company taking over something to try and make a quick buck because that always that all seems elements of yeah that's criminal. But for once it isn't. Woohoo! <laughs> now a few matches have also been added to the Shikara's Florida trip coming up in two weeks. Interesting set of matches for March 8th, which is the Shadows in the Fog. Just Shadows in the Fog, I apologize. Uh, we've got Granakuma versus Johnny Gagano. So it's the. It's it's like the third members of Fist taking on each other. Yes, of sorts, I guess. Yeah, one of the founding members taking on one of the uh, members that, I guess, took its place. Yeah, uh, 
Then we've also got a four-corner elimination tag match added with Jigsaw and the Shard taking on the Bateri, which is going to be, I think, Kobold and uh, Kodama, I think. Yes, I believe so. Yeah, then Fist, which is going to be Sugar Dunkerton and Icarus, and Mike Quackenbush and Green Ant. It's mm. an interesting combination there. And also added for the first time ever, it's Hello Wicked versus X Pac, Sean Waltman. That should, that should be good, and it'll be interesting to see whether there's any interaction, because I'm guessing if they're going to be in Secaucus, New Jersey on April the 6th, and if their show on the Saturday is in the afternoon, because I'm not sure. If it is, though, I guess Sean will be free before he has to go to the Hall of Fame at Madison Square Garden. He might. Yeah, so they might do some interaction with him that way. They might not. Okay, I'm I'm looking at the the time for the April 6th show, and apparently the show's going to start at 4 p.m. So I'm going to say no. No, I don't. I don't think Shawam is going to be there. Yeah, unless he gets into a tux, extremely quick. <laughs> but then we come to Watchmaker, the show happening uh, basically next week as well on the Saturday in Orlando. Hi, TNA. So, I don't know if I think we mentioned it last. No, I don't think we did. They've added Hallow Wicked versus Jakob Hammermeyer to it. Which is going to be interesting considering the previous history with Hallow Wicked and Tim Dunst. Something's going to happen still, there. Yeah, we still don't know who Soldier Ant's going to team up with, but we know it isn't going to be the Colony. Because they're in action in various different matches throughout the night. So. Ooh. I'm now thinking that the director of fun is going to do something completely stupid like put... I'm trying to see who... It might be people like Lost Ice Creams or something. Now does... Sword Giant, he has... But doesn't he have the control on who he gets to pick his partners? Apparently not now. Huh. Apparently, um... Apparently, Wink is choosing it himself. Mm. which considering how well he did with God knows how many of the other teams completely falling apart because what I was because what I was thinking I was hoping he would get uh, Ultramantis Black and uh, Frightmare to get in his team and possibly maybe Crossbones Ultramantis yeah, Dasher. They, they clearly were doing some sort of angle where it looked like Dasher Hatfield seems to be on the uh, on with Bateria and everything. I'm just oh my word! I, I'm just looking at their blog, and yep, they're bringing up Amasis again with Ophidian. Oh dear! Hmm. <laughs> I think we know where that's going. <laughs> I'm just having a look. Uh, Soldier Ant will be, le- yeah. Soldier Ant will be leading a team of my choosing. Mm. 
That's what it is. That's not good. Perfectly suiting what I see as Soldier Ant's very specific set of leadership skills. But, yeah, I, I still can't figure out off the top of my head who it could be. Well, I guess what you said before, it could be Lost Ice Cream. It could be like a heel, it could be a heel tag team, so it's like Soldier Ant's even more screwed. But I can't think of who would, though. Ugh. I don't know, I guess we're going to have to wait and see. Yeah, that's going to be an interesting thing to check on next week. Uh, hopefully we get more news on it by the next time we uh, are coming to you just before uh, the weekend and everything. But also we've got Quackenbush and Fire Ant versus Jigsaw in the Shard. Uh, Assailant versus Mark Angelicetti for the first time ever. With the way Assailant's been going, that I, whether it will be Young Lions Cup if Angela Setti um, retains, I don't know. But and also added a ten-person tag team match. Whoa! Intergender, but this kind of looks even more incredible because it's Fist comprising of Icarus Gargano and Sugar Dunkerton. And the Devastation Corporation. So we get to see another thing with Sidney Bocabella. Yes. Taking on Dasha Hatfield, Saturine, and Three Point Kuma. Hmm. I wonder I'd have see- taken like loads of people out of that and put them with Soldier on. I want to see in some interaction with uh, Saturnine and uh, Icarus. Could be quite hilarious. Yeah. She'll she'll turn her mask the other way. <laughs> like seriously, that tattoo. I don't know. We'll have to see. But, yeah, I'm getting, distra- I'm getting distracted by that blog post. If anything major comes out, that blog post will probably tell you after the break. But uh, before we get to that run through some of the big results from this past week. First, we're going to talk about the Dragon Gate UK shows from last weekend. Starting off with night one of the Festival of Fire from uh, Hartford, from Broxbourne, Hertfordshire. Uh, first saw Naruki Doi Attempting to unmask Lion Kid, but then rolled up for a pinfall. So Lion Kid wins. Jimmy Susumu beats Noam Dar with a what's noted here as a particularly brutal Mugen, or Mugen, should I say? Then Marty Scroll defeated Mark Haskins and B is it BXB Hulk or it's BB Hulk? BB Hulk, yeah, and Chima. With a tombstone pole driver. So expect to see Marty Scroll versus Undertaker at WrestleMania 29. Well, he got a, he took the big upset as he, he pinned Chima, the, the top guy of Dragon Gate. Mm. That is a big upset in his career. Akira Tozawa beat Genki Horiguchi with a straightjacket German. Masaki Mochizuki defeated Yamato. Yeah, Yamato, sorry. With a diving kick off the ropes. And the main event, Shingo, 
defeated Ricochet with the last falconry. And it said the attendance was about uh, 712 people. About 712. Still very strong. I just love that when people, you know, when you get stats and it's like it was about 712. No. If you're trying to do something like an approximation, you say about 700. (laughs) You don't say 712 plus one person walked out halfway through because they had to go to see their wife because they were giving labor. So it's 712 and a half. About. Well, they want to be more specific. Yeah. (laughs) Then we get to night two. Interesting note here. It says here... The Boxbourne Civic Hall was definitely not the Tokyo Dome. I, I I had to look twice to actually check that. I don't know. but First up, we had Styx defeat Johnny Storm with a roll-up. We then had Masaki Mochizuki defeat Noam Dar with uh, Sanga Kukieri to the face. It's basically, it's basically a, a kick uh, from the, to the face from the... Turnbuckle from top rope turnbuckle. He runs there oh, and then he hits a kick to the face when he comes down. Then we had Mark Haskins defeat BB Hulk, Naruki Doi, and Lion Kid with a painkiller. But actually, looking at this, the way the way Haskins is pictured, he's like part Adam Cole, part Ryan Gosling. Oh, you don't remember him? I d- well, you only saw him with a Joe Mo style glasses and coat on in TNA. Yeah. Plus, when he had his head nearly kicked off by. Um, <laughs> it was a shooting star botch. What happened? That was it. Yeah, but he—he's not a. Uh, he's very familiar with Janky. I remember before he had a signing with uh, TNA, he had a short stint in the, in Japan, and uh, he was actually a, a pretty good there. They were trying to build him as their next. Uh, international talent, but uh, he got scooped up by TNA, and yeah, how great that went for him. Yeah, but uh, interesting result there. Then Ricochet defeated Genki Horiguchi with a 630 cent on. Holy crap. <laughs> 630 cent on, I'm loving it. And apparently, it was originally supposed to be Ricochet versus El Generico. God damn it, Vince. Bastard. Then Yamat, Yamat. Y- <laughs> I'm going to keep that in because it's like it's like le- learn different languages with Ashley. <laughs> Speak after me. <laughs> Who needs Rosetta Stone? <laughs> Yamato defeating Jimmy Susumu with a Hurricane Rana flashpin, which is said to be the match of the night because. No doubt that was probably a high flying thing as well. And then we had Chima defeat Marty Scroll with a double knee drop. Hmm. I guess it. that I guess that makes up for the uh result uh the previous night. Yeah, I was about to say. And then the main event saw Shingo defeat Akira Tazara. With the last falconry. That's interesting as well. But then we come to night three. 
of the Festival of Fire, which is labelled as the finale. So I'm guessing this was right at the start. Just kidding. Uh, first up, this was this actually this one was from the Castleford Civic Centre in Castleford. In uh, I should know where that is. I think it's not off the top of my head. I can't remember. Yeah, I don't even know where stuff is in the UK. Yeah, I know where places are in America. That's messed up, isn't it? Probably moved to America so- now. <laughs> it's like Crelly probably knows everywhere in America, and it's like, where's five miles away from me? We've become too internationalized. That's even a word. English is a weak point as well. Anyway, Mark, first match saw Martin Kirby pin Dean Olmark. Then Marty Scroll defeated Mark Haskins. So I guess that makes Marty Scroll the new king of Britain or something. Yeah, not, not not literally, but... Oh, maybe, I don't know. <laughs> it's like, Queen Elizabeth was there, it was like, shit, that match was so good, here's the crown. Now, Yamato beat Noam Dar, then Akira Tazara pinned Lion Kid, Genki Horiguchi beat BB Hulk, Mochi defeated Naruki Joy, and the main event... Shingo Takagi and Jimmy Susumu beat Chima and Ricochet. Mm. Spike Mohicans uh, reuniting for one night. Mm. So overall, looking like a pretty strong uh, Dragon Gate show. Yes, I heard it was uh, very great from the fans in the UK. They've been waiting for these guys to show up there in uh, quite a long time. It's been a year since their last show. So... They'll probably go and again next year. Another year before they're there again. Yes. <laughs> next up, we'll get to some of the results from the CWF and PWX doubleheader set of shows that they did. Friday was the CWF, I'm trying to think, it was the Night of Champions, wasn't it? Yes, it was. First up, saw Donny Dollars defeat Chip Day. Then Chase Dakota defeated Roderick Strong. That's a big win. I told you. Yeah, I, 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 got, I got it wrong. When That isn't the last time you're probably going to hear that tonight. <laughs> uh, Hurricane Helms and Matt Smith defeated the All-Star Goon Squad of Eaton and Wilkins. I think that they are the Mid-Atlantic Tag Team Champions, but I don't think the title's on the line. Apparently they were. Apparently the All Stars Goon Squad was accompanied by the coach. Hopefully not that coach. I thought he was busy on ESPN or something. I don't know. Then CWS Mid Atlantic Champion Eric Royal defeated Kevin Steen by DQ after being told three times that his package pile driver is not legal, and then he package pile driver the ref. <laughs> Good old Steen. He should have gone to WWE and had a match with CM Punk. Just saying. Uh, the Killbillies defeated the Great Outdoors. It first went to a double draw, apparently, when both teams had one man rolled up via a sunset flip. But then the match was restarted and the Killbillies pinned Redwood with both men holding him down. Then we had Team Handsome and Team... Well, Team Handsome slash Team Cole. So Adam Cole, Ben Tyler, and Corey Hollis defeat 
Team Brutally Sexy of Caleb Connolly, Cedric Alexander and Chris Lee when Cole pinned Caleb with a roll-up, which I think I called. Yes, he did. That might, as, as I said, I, as the comment I made last week about that, which I think goes to show you already what happened the, f- the following night, but we'll get to that. But the main event, the International Ultra J title, Chiva Kid beats Eddie Edwards to win the title. Wow. Plus the fact Chiva came out to the Guadalajara soccer team anthem. Yeah, that's his gimmick. Uh, very unexpected uh, title change there. Was not really expecting it, but uh, they want to push him. They want to push him to the moon, and this is, I guess, a good way to start. Mm-hmm. Next, so uh, then we go to the Rise of a Champion 8. It's an ominous title as well, <laughs> considering what might or might not have happened. But we'll get to it. We've started off with uh, Cedric Alexander defeating Chip Day with the concussion under delivery, which is basically a drop kick to uh, Chip in the corner of the well, in the, in the Turner buckle, really in the corner. Then Ernie Osiris and Rhett Titus beat John Schuyler and Mr. Elite via, I don't know, it's, here it's said it's either a modified brain buster or an implant DDT, or both, or neither. Then Chris Lee versus Smith James went to a no contest as Congo came in. Who Who's Congo? I have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully he's better than Stone Cold E.T. I saw a picture of that. <laughs> I saw a picture of Stone Cold E.T. Basically, it's Stone Cold with an E.T. prosthetic head on. I didn't realise it was that. That great... Bloody hell. I think we know best best mask wrestler gimmick this year. It's not bad. Uh, then we had Zane Riley and Amber O'Neill defeat Mike Bennett and Maria Canellis via a roll-up from Amber on Maria. So again, kind of an upset. Yeah, I wasn't expecting that. Yeah. Then the non-title freeway elimination tag match. The Dojo Brothers versus Steen and Richards versus The Great Outdoors. It was not advertised, but okay, it's fine. Yeah, just rand- randomly make it interesting. Uh, Steen and Richards were eliminated first when Strong got back in the ring and Steen couldn't make it. And then Jake Manning and Grizzly Redwood defeated the Dojo Brothers to win the match. Expect another rematch uh, with the with yeah. Manning and Redwood against Dojo Bros. Dojo. And uh, then number one contender match for the TV title. Corey Hollis and Chiva Kid went to a time limit draw. So, oh well. either we're going to have a rematch or triple threat. Probably triple threat. Mm. And then for the PWX Championship, apparently it was stated on commentary that there were rules per pinfall, but that didn't even happen. Two out of three falls. Yeah. Pinfall one goes to Caleb Connolly. Via the O-Face submission. Full 2 went to Caleb Conley. 
via OV submission. So Caleb goes through, wins new champion, which I called. What I didn't call, though, was Kevin Steen attacking Caleb post-match with a package pile driver, which again is banned in uh, all the PWI promotions, which includes CWF and PWX. And Steen then says he's getting a title shot March 29th, which is entitled Enemy, Enemy Territory, which I believe is the title of a Quake Wars game. If Sean is listening, he will correct me. Somehow I doubt he will, but if he is, that's a surprise. But I think, yeah, Quake Wars Enemy Territory. I'm not even going to Wikipedia it because it will waste time on this recording. But, yeah, interesting. New new champion there. Well, new champions all around, Chiva Kid and also Caleb. So, good results there. Then we get to wrestling is fun. They had their show last Saturday. Now, what is the title of the show? (laughs) With great potassium comes great responsibility. (laughs) Spider banana, spider banana. Actually, you can get some pretty lethal banana, pretty lethal bananas in spiders. No, pretty lethal spiders in bananas. If they don't pack them right, <laughs> it's like you get you get to be, you get to like Best Buy or whatever. Oh look, there's a tarantula in the bananas box. Um, well, the equivalent of that's happened over here about twice in ten years or something. At least that I remember. But, yeah, interesting card here. Started off with Frightmare defeating Dasher Hatfield via reversing the Suicide Screes into a Crucifix bomb. Then Jolly Roger defeated Stigma. Then Saturine defeated Kimberly. And Kimberly laid out Saturine post-match. Then the Estonian Thunderfrog and the Latvian Proud Oak defeated Kobold and Kodama. Oleg the Usurper defeated Sir Lance Steele. So mixed mixed results for uh, Night Eye for the Pirate Guy. Then Juan Francisco de Coronado defeated Mike Quickenbush when he attempted a victory roll only to be reversed with the assist by Herbert. Or Herb. I don't know if it's Herbert or Herbert. Or I think. He's even described as manservant. Yeah, I'll just go with manservant. That's what he is. Yeah, manservant. M A N N. And then instead of instead of selling servant with an S, spell it with a C, so it's like Cervantes. <laughs> it sounds even more kind of up their own arse. <laughs> <laughs> then Green Ant and Fire Ant defeated the Devastation Corporation via count out. Whoa! I think that's their first loss. That's their first loss via... Well, it was via count out. It was still a loss, regardless. It's probably get them to come to the outside, and then it's... No, it's like, run past them. Whoosh. And then, in the main event, Mark Angelicetti defeated Halla Wicked to attain that banana when he actually turned Halla Wicked's mask around, obscuring his view. Now, not that I'm supportive of the heels normally, but... 
That's a pretty clever move. Is that... That's the move that Saturine should be doing against Icarus, as we talked about. <laughs> hey, that's Mr. Touchdown, man, the double champion. Yeah. Is the, you know, the banana champion and the Young Lions Cup. And they're going to be having another show next month, March 23rd as well, so literally four weeks on. Mm-hmm. So that's all the stuff we're going to cover in this first segment. When we come back, we're going to talk... Well, we're actually going to focus a segment solely on women's wrestling because there was one very interesting story regarding WSU, which we're going to cover there. Mm-hmm. Then we're going to transition into uh, mainly Sandro's review because I haven't got a chance to see it yet, but I will probably be over the next few days of Shine 7 with some very interesting goings on. And then we'll transition into picks. And we'll look at AIW's first iPay-Per-View, which is the Girls' Night Out show. So we will see you in a few minutes. Here's some music for you to listen. Some listen. <laughs> Here's some... Okay, that's getting actually edited. Here's some damn Let's music get... so you can listen to. We'll be right back. I'm leaving that in. <laughs> I'm leaving that in. here, Sean Beckerman, and I'm proud to present to you the Pro Wrestling Nostalgia Podcast that's taking the IWC by storm beyond the bell. On each edition, we cover a different theme, taking you back in time to relive the greatest and worst in professional wrestling. We go behind the mic, where you will get backstage stories from the perspective of a pro wrestling ring announcer on the independent circuit. Find out what it was like to announce some of the greatest stars in pro wrestling history and the funny stories behind the scenes. And we wrap it all up with old school wrestling music. So tune in to Beyond the Bell each and every week on the SNS Radio Network. And I'll see you at the matches. It's go time! Hey guys, it's Mr. Money on the Mic, JJ, all caps sexy of the SNS Radio Network. If you're looking for the latest news in professional wrestling and, of course, some of the best columns on the World Wide Web today, visit headlocks2headlines.com. That's headlocks, the number two, headlines.com. It's the official news site of the SNS Radio Network. You should make it your official news site as well. Once again, www.headlocks2headlines.com.
What's up, guys and gals? This is Sensational Sequel, Sensational Sean, right here with you. You can catch myself and Ashley, yes, that is his name, on the open book every Friday night at 11 p.m. Eastern Time. You'll catch us doing video games, the open book, fantasy, EFET, and movie and entertainment news. So check us out every Friday at 11 p.m. Eastern Time at snsradionetwork.com. Come check us out. The following is a public service announcement from Wrestling News Live. Reasons not to marry a porn star. Did you hear the news that uh, Tito Ortiz was arrested for domestically abusing his uh, his girlfriend, Jenna Jameson? No, he probably tried to fuck her. It was like throwing a hot dog down a hallway. And he just said, what the fuck? Where have you been? Slap. <laughs> that reminds me of the quote from Triple H a couple years back when he said, you know, even a 747 looks uh, small flying in the Grand Canyon. I mean, how could you, in all honesty... Be a person not in the porn industry married to a porn star and be okay with it. <laughs> you know what? I'd have a serious problem with that. I mean, let's say she's got an early shoot. She gets up, she washes her pussy and goes to work. <laughs> then you wake up, and while you're eating pancakes, she's fucking somebody else. While you walk to the mailbox to get the mail, she's fucking somebody else. When you come inside and turn on the TV and have a cup of tea, she's fucking somebody else. Then she's having lunch while you're taking a nap in your lazy boy. She comes back from lunch and punches in and starts fucking somebody else. <laughs> then she comes home. You tell the bitch that you want dinner. She makes you something in the microwave and goes to bed. And you're jacking off because she spent all day fucking somebody else. <laughs> you're having tea. She's getting tea bagged. <laughs> oh, I love this show. This has been a public service announcement brought to you by the good folks at Wrestling News Live. Middle segment of this week's whole indie show with Sandro and Ashley. And as mentioned in the first segment before I got completely, I don't know what happened to me. I'm not under the influence of drink or drugs. Perhaps I need to be. Anyway, it's time to talk about the female perspective of things. Or on, on the female perspective, again... It's getting late for me here, recording this, but first thing we'll come talk about with, first thing we'll come to is the big interesting news story. Sandra, you brought it to my attention and I've, I've done a little bit of uh, follow-up looking, looking on it, because I think the story that you sent me was the response, but I uh, got the original stuff as well. What it is, is WSU. Women Superstar Censored. Women Superstars Uncensored, I apologise. Uh, one of their big talents over the past few years has been Alicia. 
She's been pre- she she's been pretty much with them since day one, I believe, hasn't she, Sandra? I think so. She was their very first champion, certainly. Well, apparently she severed ties with the company and expressed her frustration at the direction of the promotion following its change in management because the company was sold by the original owner, Sean McCaffrey, after five years to the owners of Beyond Wrestling, which I think was done about six months ago. Yeah, it wasn't that long. Yeah. Hmm. Alicia sent out a flurry of tweets declaring that the promotion's in decline and also claims other regulars have followed her in leaving the company. The drama apparently stemmed from a fan asking whether she'd be on their upcoming show and she said not happening. And this is what she wrote. Quote, If you know me, you know I'm not afraid to say what I think. And on this issue I've been quiet for too long. Funny how companies I gave blood, sweat, and tears to for go under new agent, and all of a sudden the promoters don't know how to act. Since 07, I was ride or die for WSU. First ever champion. First ever woman to hold every single championship in the company. Wrestling seven times in a hundred degrees. And I did every single thing for my love of the company and its fans. WSU was at the top of its game, bringing the best talent in from all over the country and putting on one hell of a show. Now look at it. Less than six months after it's been sold, it goes from top female talent on 15 plus shows a year to two intergender shows with half of the roster. No more iPay-Per-View because they can't work the kinks out. No more on the road. Getting rid of girls that charge more than $25. This is progress. I remember when WSU was a force. Now, they run twice a year with no gimmick shows like an anniversary show or a Hall of Fame. It makes me absolutely sick to my stomach how WSU's turned the corner, and it's not from lack of effort of the girls. Some are the best. Its decline is completely based on a promoter that doesn't understand what the WSU fans and the wrestlers all loved. It's a damn shame. Get prepared for the unprofessional tweets from WSU Wrestling's account bashing me and anyone else who isn't with their new movement. But I want each and every one of you to know I love and appreciate all of your support. WSU gave me the best fans in the whole world. It was an amazing run with them from 07 to 2012, but I'm out. And then in later tweets, she also claimed that other talents have also left the promotion. And also hinted that the former owner may be starting up a new promotion, claiming that his, quote, no complete clause ends in four months. Hmm. Now, that's an interesting side to the story. As always, it's nice to have two two, uh, two sides to a story. And we got one pretty much about 24 hours or so after that came out. The Beyond Wrestling owner and new WSU owner, Drew Cordero, took to Twitter to defend himself against some of the claims. Uh, There was an interesting series of rhetorical questions at first, inferring the reasons why Alicia and other talents may no longer work for the company. I'm still trying to work out who these are applying to. Would you keep someone on your roster that refused to go through with the planned finish of your main event? Would you keep someone on your roster that's holding you up for money? Would you keep someone on the roster that was a liability to themselves or their opponent? 
Would you keep someone in your roster that's looking out for their best interests over the best interests of the company? Would you keep someone on the roster if they couldn't hang with their peers in the ring? And would you keep someone on the roster based on their perceived level of attractiveness? And then in another set of tweets, he shot down all the accusations that Alicia made. There were a ton of false accusations thrown our way earlier today. Newsflash. Don't believe everything you read. I guess I'll have to do an official interview with someone to correct some of the outright lies tossed at us today. Because in the eyes of many, staying silent is the same as admitting guilt. Everyone loves some good drama. But let not the frenzy, let's not have to get the, let the frenzy get in the way of the facts. Apologising to the fans about the drama, he said that yesterday's events and the talent departures were actually a long time coming. Quote, my job is to make WSU the biggest platform it can be, so everyone involved can do what they love in front of fans who appreciate their work. The numbers don't lie. It's a shame those who broke their back to make something of WSU can't be here to help it grow. But that's a choice they made, either through their lack of cooperation or by stepping down on their own. I'm sorry to our fans and other wrestlers today. It had to go down, but it was a long time coming. And lastly, in response to the decrease in shows, he said that they hoped to run six shows in 2013. Hmm. Interesting, uh statements there um well, i mean the guy is he's now running two promotions but at the, yeah. at the same time he he's not running beyond wrestling frequently as he's doing he's having beyond showcases in different promotions like there was one with zcw for example you know i've heard it's not easy running an independent promotion so I can't imagine trying to run two. I don't know. It, it, you know, I don't know who to side with here. Uh, in some ways, I could understand what uh, Alicia is saying, but uh, you know, with the, the you know the the new owner is trying to, to say you know sh- shut down all these accusations here, and you know he say he has plans, and so far. Uh, he's only had one show, which was uh, earlier this month with the doubleheader. My only thing is, he's like saying to them, "Oh yeah, if 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 you want if you want to see them, you know, go look for them somewhere else." Which, if they're supposed to be some of the top talents, and all of a sudden they appearing in Shimmer or Shine or AIW. Or any other women's indie companies that are out there. Because there are quite a few. It's just that Shine, well, Shine slash Shimmer and at least AIW are more. They put it over a lot more, should I say. Right. And. I just, some, of the, some of the ways he says his comments is it's like, oh, yeah. If they want to go on to bigger and better things, so be it. Well, arguably, you know, they are going on to bigger and better things because WSU is still going to be nurturing talent, but if it becomes just like a feeder for other women's wrestling companies, its dominance is going to wane. Honestly. 
Because the amount of stuff Christina Von Erie's doing, other than WSU, the amount of stuff that Rain or some of the names here that are apparently have left WSU, including Alicia Lever Bates, Luscious Latasha, Rain, Brittany Savage, and Amy Lee. Well, Rain's in about five different companies doing stuff. Lever's in quite a few as well. Christina's obviously seems to be in a big storyline with CZW. I mean, she just had a a hell of a match in uh, the was it the anniversary show? Yeah, the ZW show. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I was trying to remember what the title of it was, but yeah, it was the anniversary show. Uh, there's quite a lot of stuff going on, so I hope it works good for WSU in the future, certainly. But. Either way you look at it, when I look through the, the, when I look through the list, with some of those former talents, I can see, yeah, some of them may want to screw screw over the finish. Some may want more money. But then you've also got the fact that they're saying that somebody possibly wasn't attractive enough for their level. You know, the would you keep someone on the roster based on their perceived level of attractiveness. In my opinion, all the people in that list are pretty damn attractive. And since when has it been that women's wrestling has just been about how attractive they look and not about their wrestling talent? Because personally, to me, Amazing Kong isn't that attractive. But I don't deny that she can bloody wrestle. So if that's the way they're going and they're trying to make... If he's trying to make it more of a Divas-style WSU, I don't think it's going to work. If he keeps it how it is and getting the good workers, no matter what they look like, good things will happen still. If he's trying to become like an offshoot of WWE's Diva division, I honestly don't think so. Especially when the Divas division has got Sarah Del Rey training them. Mm Mm-hmm. I guess I just did a mini rant. (laughs) (laughs) I was on my soapbox there, but, you know, that's just my take on it. But, anyway, that's... That's enough about that situation. We'll now jump to one of the companies that I just mentioned a few minutes ago, Shine. They had their iPay-Per-View last Friday, Shine 7, from Ewall City, Florida. And Sandra, I believe you managed to catch it. As I said before, I, uh, I haven't just yet, but I should be seeing it over the next few days. So, we'll start off with the opening match, which saw Heidi Lovelace versus Brittany Savage. Uh, yeah, this was a uh, a decent match to open up. Uh, nothing really special came out of, uh, but the uh, finish came with when uh, Savage hit a basically a high, a high roundhouse kick to Heidi's face, 
or her head, excuse me, basically uh, knocking her out to get the win. Uh, like I said, it was a decent match, nothing special, but, you know, they did what they had for, might have been for maybe seven or eight minutes, I, I believe the match was. That chick keeps getting Nick, Nick knocked out. <laughs> yeah. Beaten up badly. Yeah, they did made a, I think it was Lenny Leonard who said, uh, Heidi Lovelace, who had a, had quite a, a beating throughout the last several weeks, basically referencing the National Pro Wrestling Day. <laughs> hey, Coco Man. <laughs> <clears throat> yeah, then we had uh, a three-way match between La Rosa Negra, Tina San Antonio, and Luscious Latasha. Yeah, uh, Tina San Antonio, you know, representing Brooklyn, New York. You know, something I like to hear. Wrestlers out of New York. But uh, nonetheless, um, I believe uh, La Rosa Negra, well, let's just call her uh, Black Rose, because that's really what it what it translates to English, Black Rose. And uh, Lush, La, La, Latasha. Uh, I believe this was her, her debut, uh, Black Rose in the Shine. And, uh, no, for, for what she did, uh, she did pretty, she looked really good in the match. Um uh, a decent match for what it was. Um, Tina San Antonio got the win. Uh, it was your, your typical three-way match. Uh, just like the, the last match, it was nothing special, but for what it was, they did what they could for the short amount of time that they had. But uh, interesting to see how uh, Black Rose and uh, Luscious Latasha get uh, more matches in Shine. But as ever, Sandro showing his bias to the Bronx. No, not no, Brooklyn. Brooklyn, New York. What's wrong with you? Hey, it's. I haven't been to New York yet. It's a different world. It's all the same to me. It's, nice, it's all the same like, to me. No, 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 no. If it isn't an area in GTA 4, I have no clue. <laughs> anyway, uh, next up. See, Bronx, if you listen to this, is going to kill me. Actually, that'll be about the seventh time he's got a chance to kill me. So, uh, yeah, I am a dead man walking. Uh, next up, we had Santana Garrett taking on Jesse Bell. Yeah, uh, this was a, a good match here. This was a, a good back-and-forth match between the two ladies. And uh, obviously, uh, Santana got the win when she hit her Shining Star Press, which is basically a handspring into a back... Uh, backflip splash you know uh santana's looking good here uh on a winning streak in shine and i think uh santana could be a big star one day i wouldn't be surprised if she gets signed by either wwe or tna uh-huh. interesting so then the next up there was an announcement for next month's shine eight and that will be, well, there's going to be a match between Jessica Havoc and Ruby Sky, which will be a career versus respect match. Mm-hmm. If Ruby loses, she's out of shine. Possibly forever. I don't know. But if she wins, Havoc has to say on the mic that she respects Ruby Sky. See, that's a tough one to call. I was disappointed that 
Jessica Havoc wasn't on the show, period. So Even now, like with picks, that's a tough one to call. Because Ruby's been busy in quite a lot of places. Like her boyfriend, Matt Hardy's been, so... <laughs> We'll have to see. Mm. But, yeah, it's a shame Jessica wasn't on the Shine show. No. Probably because she was, uh... She had a night off for a change, or she was preparing for... Is she in CZW, or... Who, uh, Jessica Havoc? Yeah. Uh, she was on the last show, at the anniversary show. And is, isn't she WSU still? I believe so. So, I don't know. We'll have to, we'll have to see. Uh, then also, they actually bring out Angelina Love, or Angel Williams, whatever she's uh, going by. And she will be a new member of the roster. Yay. As of next month's show, Shine 8. Which then apparently brought out Valkyrie, who bully her out of the ring. Oh, good old Valkyrie. Now, uh, well, yeah. before you continue, cool. I just want to say um, I was uh, glad to see the confrontation between Valkyrie and Angel- Angelina Love here. And I want to see a match that uh, I've been interested to see for a while uh, between Angelina and Allison Kay. In essence, it's like, did Valkyrie bully her? Because it was like, yeah, we're the new beautiful people. Well, well, basically, they just threatened her to, you know, get out the ring or else we'll take you out the ring. That's basically what it was. And she took the, she took the high road and basically left because, let's face it, it was just her by herself and, and the rest of Valkyrie, which is just five chicks. And, well, the numbers don't lie. And you know how that will turn out. So she took the safe side and left the ring. And she- Unless Angelina just pulls out a magnum and just starts shooting him. <laughs> and as she was leaving, she told everyone in Valkyrie she'll see them next month. Okay, so it's Angelina. It's Angelina versus someone from Valkyrie next month, probably. Then. So next up, we've got Lufus though against. TNA gut check talent. <laughs> I release Velez. Now, this was a great match here. Uh, a lot of back and forth match. Uh, some of the moments in the match, um, there was a point where Lufisto was trying to give chops to Ivelisse, but she couldn't at one point because Ivelisse was wearing a spiky bra. Oh, tactics. I love it. Uh, but then she tried again later, and this time she actually gave the Kobachi chops, which is basically a lot of chops uh, in fast motion. And regardless that there was a spiky brush, she still chopped her regardless. Ivelisse uh, uh, showed her somewhat of her MMA background as she got like a leg lock during the match, which at one point I thought uh, Lufisa was going to tap out there, but she didn't. Uh, the finish came when um, Ivelisse uh, hit the maiden. Oh, no, I'm sorry. Uh, what had happened was uh, Valkyrie came out. Uh, it was um, Allison Kay, Taylor Maid, and April Hunter. 
and they were distracting Lufisto and the ref. And basically, what because of this distraction, uh, Ivelisse took the advantage and hit Lufisto with a DDT for the win. And as I said, this was a great match. I recommend people to watch this match from uh, from last Friday. Very worth watching. Ivelisse stands strong in Valkyrie and then is no longer in Valkyrie because she suddenly signed with TNA. Oh, well, we don't know that. So we'll have to wait and see. To be continued. <laughs> Speaking of those three women, though, next up was the six-woman tag with Alison Kay, Taylor Made, and April Hunter taking on the... I guess the face team of Tracy Taylor, Sue Young, and Mia Yim. Yes. Uh, this was actually a very good uh, multi-person match here. <clears throat> uh, a lot of good back and forth um, between the two teams. Uh, Mia Yim looked great in this match. Uh, she pulled out some very good moves in the match there. Uh, basically, the finish came when um, Allison Kay and uh, Taylor May hit, hit their... Eight Deadly, which is basically a 3D on uh, Mia Yim for the win. And Maiden Sin, or Valkyrie, you know, they got the win in this match. Uh, that Maiden Sin looked very dominant throughout the entire match. And uh, April Hunter looked good as well. She put out some good moves there. Uh, very good uh, six-person match here. Next up, we had... Nikki Rocks taking on Mercedes Martinez. Yeah. This was a, a good match here. Um, you know, to me, I thought it could have been better, in my opinion. But uh, um, they didn't have that much time. I, I believe it was... A, it could have been better. But uh, for what it was, it was good. Basically, uh, Nikki Rocks got the win here. And hopefully we'll see a rematch between the two. Ah, yeah, and now we get to, I guess, the uh, co-main event. Kimberly versus Lever Bates in a last woman standing match. For those of you wondering, Bates' cosplay this time was as Christopher Nolan's uh, Scarecrow. Yes, with the noose around his neck. Yeah. Yeah. Um, this was a good match, but it was kind of short. Uh, I, I don't, I'm not sure why. I don't know if it was due to the time that they had. But um, it could have been better, just like the last match. The, there was a, somewhat of a plunder throughout the match. Um, I remember uh, Leva Bates uh, took out a fire extinguisher and tried to use it on Kimberly. But uh, she had a problem taking off the safety of the extinguisher. But uh, she still uh, hit it on Kimberly. And I believe there was a one point where... I believe it was Kimberly... Uh, no, excuse me. It was Leva Bates who had the noose that she had around her neck and used it on Kimberly and was uh, trying to choke her with it, basically pulling the, the noose up. So... Yeah, not not a good sight there. 
Hashtag Daniel Bryan. <laughs> but there were a couple of good spots uh, throughout the match. Uh, Leva Bates got the win and got her revenge. But after the match, uh, Kimberly attacked her once again. So the feud continues. But she, she won after Kimberly had a chair kicked in her face. Yes. Glad to see other pieces of furniture aren't used. Oh, she got a table kicked in the face. She got an ornamental vase kicked in the face, did not But then the main event, Amazing Kong, seeking to get revenge against Rain mm-hmm. of Valkyrie. Um, this was a, a decent match. Basically, uh, Amazing Kong got pretty much got most of the control through Pretty much got control throughout the entire match here. Uh, you know, basically beating the crap out of Rain. And before the match ended, uh, the rest of Valkyrie came out in the ring. And there was a spot where I believe uh, Awesome Kong, Amazing Kong, excuse me, was going to attack Rain. But the ref was behind Rain. And Rain got out of the way and Kong accidentally hit the ref. The ref was down. Uh, this led to Valkyrie getting into the ring and attacking Kong all at the same time. But uh, uh, Kong fought, fought back and basically taken out Valkyrie one by one. And at this point, Rain brought a chair to the ring. But uh, Kong noticed Rain bringing in the chair. So she basically stepped on the chair uh, down on the mat because Rain was about to pick it up. But she stopped it. And... Kong grabbed the chair and was about to hit Rain, but Rain, seeing this happening, she th- she decides to take a somewhat of a smart move and basically fall down to the mat as the ref was coming up. So the ref was the ref basically thought that Amazing Kong hit Rain with the chair and called for the DQ. So Rain wins by DQ, even though Rain doesn't Eddie Guerrero. Yes. And Amazing Kong was not happy, basically trying to tell the ref, no, no, it's not what you think. I didn't hit it with the chair. But uh, the ref rang the bell anyways, and that's how the match ends. Mm-hmm. Now, uh, after that... Post-match, ha- it got interesting, yeah. Yes. Now, after that happened, the rest of Valkyrie attacked Kong once again. But uh, this time, Kong couldn't hold her own. So she basically got attacked until some of the other faces came out, like uh, Nikki Rocks, Mia Yim, Sue Young, uh, Santana came in as well. And Valkyrie got out of the ring and went to the back as they celebrated their victory in Shine 7. Yeah, all five members getting the wins, I think. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Now, um... Overall, great for the show. I I give it a B, a solid B. I uh, there were some several good matches here, uh, despite some of them were short, but that was due to the uh, delayed time. I believe they had some issues with uh, I don't know if it was with the uh, eye pay per view or with some of their equipment, but I know they delayed the time, and the show was on like around nine p.m. If I'm not mistaken, but uh, despite that. 
pretty good matches, and I would say it's worth watching the show, so definitely catch the replay. And match of the night, I have to give it to Lufisto and Ivelisse. That was a very great match, and I recommend it. I've got a feeling it dropped two grade points because Jessica Havoc wasn't there. Well, that's one point. <laughs> but, uh, like I said, some of the matches went kind of short, and I, I, I would have wished it would have went longer. Mm-hmm. But, but it's still worth the watching the show, regardless. Yeah, definitely. I'll be. I'll probably, as I say, I'll be probably checking it out over the next few days. Just to see the whole Valkyrie situation and how it's developed. But next we will move into picks and this is AIW's Girls Night Out 8 and it's the first, I think, first pay-per-view for AIW. Yes, this is their first pay-per-view for the Girls Night Out concept. It's their eighth show with basically fe- featuring all ladies here. Yeah, some interesting matches already set up. Now, what it is, there's going to be a Climb the Ranks ladder match qualifier. Or four throughout the night. And later on that night, probably as the main event, the four winners go on to a ladder match. And the winner of the ladder match becomes the new number one contender to the is it the IW women's title yep which is currently held by Allison Kay mm-hmm. and the first of the four ladder match qualifiers has two very strong contenders arguably for that number one contendership spot and that is Lever Bates going to be taking on Vader Scott now, Vader Scott is currently one half of the AIW Tag Team Champions with uh, Gregory Iron as hope and change. And I see Vader Scott going over and advancing into that ladder match. Yeah, I, f- I think Vader's probably going to go on as well. What will happen, I don't know. Uh... As it says, um, just apparently she was supposed to be at Girls' Night Out 6 and her scheduled opponent didn't show, so then she tried to do Star Trek trivia, but was (laughs) (laughs) dressed up as John Luke Picard and being accompanied by a Tribble. God. You see, I don't want to say anything there, but hey, Bronx. Um, I'm sure Walkie will enjoy that. (laughs) <laughs> interesting to see what she cosplays as this time it's always interesting to see what she cosplays as now next up we've got another interesting one Sassy Steph who is the former associate of Alison K taking on a newcomer to AIW Addie Starr Hmm. Just looking at it, Sassy Stephanie so far has a on Girls Night Out events has a naught and free record. She hasn't won a single match, despite being in probably the I think it's is Flexor Industries the heel tag team. Yeah, 
Yes. Okay. But she's lost to the people she's lost to have been Cherry Bomb, Sarah Del Rey, and Athena. So I'm just because of the way the storyline is, because she was formerly associated. I think she might possibly get the win here. Addy will have a good showing because she was apparently due to debut by for the um, the, sh- the Beyond Wrestling Showcase match, but she actually couldn't make it due to the weather. She's the All American Canadian. Okay. <laughs> Even more confusing in interspecies wrestling, she took part in a Lego Death Match. Okay, that's already just brilliant. That's a whole another level. But, yeah. My pick will be uh, Sassy Steph. I probably would have picked Sassy as well, but I'm going to go with Addy Star here. Okay. And next up, we've got one that looks like it's been a year in the making. Which is Crazy Mary Dobson taking on Annie Social. Because the reason why is it actually stems from last year's event. When uh, she had a match against Little Naughty. And was attacked by Annie Social, Nikki St. John, Heidi Lovelace and Sammy Giodolno who are the tag team known as The Social Network. No, not the David Fincher film. But that's... Okay, with the fact that she got attacked, I'm... I think they're still going to continue with it, possibly. So I think... I think Mary might get the upper hand, but... It'll probably be Annie Social because later on in the night, Social Network have got a match themselves. So I think they might concentrate on that more. So for that one, I'll probably say Crazy Mary. Yeah, I'm going to pick with Mary as well. And then the final qualifier, another interesting one, Kimber Lee, and that is Kimber Lee L-E-E. Because that's the that's the problem with the other ones. It's like there's there's an actual person called Kimberly, and then there's Kimber Space Lee. But Kimberly will be taking on Athena. Yeah, I'm gonna this go is, with this Athena. Is, this is this is Athena, isn't it? That's gonna be wrestling against Soraya Knight, is it? Yep. yep. That's at the steel cage at WrestleCon, so. She's going to have a bit of... I, I think... She, I think Athena will win here. And... Whether she'll win the ladder match? I don't think so. I think it might go to... From the four, I think it'll... It'll either be Sassy Steph or Vader Scott. Inkling more towards Sassy Steph. Because obviously it'll be like... The, the the ex-leader versus the protégé that always stood in the shadow and now she gets her chance. Hmm. Um. 
a tough pick to choose out of the four. But you know what? I'm gonna go with Athena. Okay. And this is this is an interesting one. Other than those qualifying matches, you've got Angel Dust and KC taking on the Social Network, which will be Heidi Lovelace and trying to get, uh, Nikki St. John. Yeah, I'm going to go with the experience here. I'm going to go with the Social Network. Just having a, uh, I'm just looking because as it, as it says in the on the last in the last show in a tag match, uh, Lovelace basically turned on Angel Dust and joined the social network. And Angel Dust wants revenge and is going to be pairing up with Casey, who's been a long time member of AIW. I'm thinking. I'm thinking here the social network are probably going to get the win. The, the faces are obviously going to try their best, but the fact is the show, social network has three people in their corner. At most four if uh, if it doesn't go right for the, uh, the ladder qualifications. So. Something will happen there, I think. Then we've got the absolute opportunity match between Jody DeMilo and Angelus Lane. Basically, whoever wins it will earn a place on the roster. Jody has been apparently wrestling since 2007, mostly in Canada, and debuted in America for interspecies wrestling. Wrestling Hattie Star, actually, at Boner Jam. Boner Jam 2. Interspecies, <laughs> sorry. Interspecies Wrestling has already made me interested by the name of their their shows. Wow. <laughs> but it's her opponent, Angela Lane, has been date. Well, she debuted in 08 and has mostly wrestled in the Midwest and has actually, gra- actually graduated from Sparkle to Shimmer. Volume well, the Volume Fifty Two show anyway, and she's also been the manager of Alex Castle and Matt Cage, the Kentucky Buffet, and she's also been part of a new promotion, Pro Wrestling Collision. So, if anything, Angelus is a bit too busy, I think, to also be doing AIW. So I think, I think it could be Jody DeMilo that wins it. Yeah, I'm going to go with Jody as well. Secretly, I'm only going for her because she wrestled at Boner Jam too. That's brilliant. <laughs> Still, not as not as mad as Kaiju. There's a, there's God. some bit similarities, but not as much. Yeah. Sorry, the Lego Death Match. Brilliant. Uh, now this is one we can't really pick, sort of, because it's. The AIW title on the line, or the AIW women's title, should I say, Alison Kay will be defending against someone. 
Yes, a mystery pony. Uh, all, that's, all that's been sold, it'll either be, she, she, the announcement of who it was will be either during the show or possibly not until she's out there for her match. It could be anyone, but it's somewhat interesting because if you look at the poster uh, for the show, there's one person who doesn't have a match, and that that is a fellow Valkyrie member, uh, Taylor Made. So I'm guessing it could be her, or they could bring in uh, Mia Yim. But they actually had a match uh, not that long ago. And if I remember correctly, there was one spot where uh, B.A.M. pulled out a machete on Allison K and almost tried to stab her with it. Okay, probably not that then. <laughs> but uh, I-, I don't know. It could be anybody. We'll have to wait and see until the show. But uh, Made in sin. Face to face. Maybe. I don't know. That's an interesting prospect, I will say that. Yeah, that's... But either way, I'm going to go with the current champ to retain. Yeah, I think she'll retain. and Vader or Sassy Steph will win on the next show. Well, I guess I guess the next show would be an AIW show, wouldn't it, really? They wouldn't hold off on the, uh, the title match until next year for Girls' Night Out 9. If they do, that's just a bit stupid. Well, they could hold it off for the next several months. Uh, I guess it's up to them. It depends on how, when they'll book the next Girls' Night Out show, but uh, we'll see what happens. Yeah. So, uh, that's all. That's all the women stuff cared of. When we come back, we've got a few more picks to actually run down because this weekend we we're also going to see shows from... AAW, wrestling is awesome, and probably the biggest of a lot of them, with no disrespect to all of the ones we've talked about so far, Ring of Honor with their 11th anniversary show. So, with that, we'll take a few commercials, and we'll hopefully see you back here for the final part of this week's whole indie show on the SNS Radio Network. See you in a few. looking for a show that talks about TNA wrestling? Then tune in to TNA Chat Live every Thursday night starting at 10.30 p.m. Eastern on the SNS Radio Network with the Bronx Father, Tony J. Mirabella as he reviews the latest episode of Impact Wrestling and takes your phone calls to get your thoughts on the state 
of TNA Wrestling. Are you ready to cross that line? On the SNS Radio Network. And if you don't like that, sorry about your damn luck. Every Thursday, the SNS Radio Network gets in the ring and starts running the ropes. When I watch, I, okay, I, wa- I caught SmackDown again. I caught, she- I skipped Sheffield's gimmick, and I couldn't help but to think that his new gimmick sounds like an Arby's uh, roast beef sandwich. Join Brian Maverick Bertrand and Chris Kelly from HeadlocksHeadlines.com as they talk about every random thing going on within the WWE, TNA, Ring of Honor, and the NorCal Independency. Running the Ropes also features interviews with stars from the past. It's me, it's me, it's the D-O-double-G, the road dog Jesse James. Present. What's going on, this is Kazarian. And this is the fallen angel Christopher Daniels. And future. Hey guys, it's Dream of Fatigue. And so much more. So join the guys every week on Running the Ropes right here on the SNS Radio Network. Hey, wrestling fans. Do you want to break from the day-to-day ins and outs of the WWE, TNA, and Ring of Honor? Do you like talk radio that pulls no punches? And do you like your sci-fi and fantasy? Well, tune in to the Elite Force Podcast each and every midweek with Chuck W. And each weekend with William Walkie Walker and Mindwipe. Exclusively on the SNS Radio Network and the Chris Jones Gaming Network. Yeah. This is going to be fun. JJ Six His charm is so contagious, vaccines have been created for it. Years ago, he built a city out of blocks. Today, over 600,000 people live and work there. He is the only man to ever ace a Rorschach test. Every time he goes for a swim, dolphins appear. Alien abductors have asked him to probe them. If he were to give you directions, you'd never get lost, and you'd arrive at least five minutes early. His legend precedes him, the way lightning precedes thunder. He is... J.J. The most interesting man in the world. He has amassed an incredibly large DVD library, and it is said that he never once alphabetized it. If he were to mail a letter without postage, it would still get there. When it is raining, it is because he's thinking about something sad. The pheromones he secretes have been known to affect people miles away in a slight but measurable way. He once punched a magician. That's right, you heard me. His blood smells like cologne. His hands feel like rich brown suede. JJ He is the most interesting man in the world. I don't always drink beer, but when I do, I listen to Wrestling News Live. Stay thirsty, my friends. Stay thirsty. 
glad to see you're back here for the final part of this week's whole indie show with Ashley and Sandro this week. So, continuing on from where we left off with the picks for AOW show, next up, uh, we'll touch on the show happening this Friday for AAW Wrestling. And it's the Path of Redemption show, which is going to feature... The finals of the Heritage Title Tournament is basically going to be King of the Ring style. You're going to have semi-finals and finals the same night. And you're also going to have Jerry Lynn's final match in Chicago against CM Punk. No, well, you never know. Doubt it, though. So... Some of the talent that is scheduled to appear on this card, but is not scheduled in matches, I believe, just yet. Unless, have you got the full? Is there a fuller card now, or no? It's part of. Last I checked, it's the same thing as uh, before. Okay. But uh, I guess if you go to the show, you'll find out. Yeah, some of the talent that's scheduled to appear, but not assigned to matches just yet, are the Irish Airborne Tag Team Champions. Colt Cabana, Silas Young with Al Malone, Eric Cannon, Mischief, Mason Beck, Matt Fitcher, and Dan Lawrence. But the matches that we will give our opinions on, starting off with the Bourbon Street Fight, with Ryan Boz, Darren Corbin, and Marion Fontaine taking on Keith Walker, Lamar Titan, and Tweak Phoenix, who are going to have Kevin Harvey and Nicky in their corner. Hmm. There's going to be a wild street fight here. Mm. I'm going to go with uh, the team of uh, Corbin, Fontaine, and Boz. Yeah, I think I'm going to go same way. I'll go with uh, Fontaine, Boz, Corbin, whatever their tag team stable name is. If they've got one, of course. They might not. Next up, oh, an interesting match. Sammy Callahan versus Shane Hollister, with Shane being accompanied by Scarlett Bordeaux and Marcus Crane. Hmm. I see an upset, and I'm going to say Shane Hollister is going to win. See, I wasn't going to say that was an upset because Shane Hollister's got three people or two people in his corner. So, in essence, for Callahan, it's three on one. Oh, that's a good point. But I'll, I'll, I'll agree with you. I don't think it's an upset, but I think Shane, I think he'll win. Okay, then uh, there's going to be some shenanigans involved then. It's always shenanigans. It's always shenanigans when there's somebody in the corner. Always. Now, next up, we've got the Heritage Tournament semi-final matches. First one, ACH versus Juntai Miller. Hmm. Interesting uh, semi-finals here. This stuff choose. Uh... I see ATH going to the finals. Well, given that my 
biased opinion has been said quite a lot. I'm going to say, yeah, ACH, damn it. ACH for the win. Woo! And then next up, Louis Linden. Louis Linden, however it's pronounced. Taking on Samurai Del Sol. Hmm. This is another uh, tough pick to choose because uh, Lewis Linden, he's been having uh, somewhat of a good success in AAW. Uh, Samurai Del Sol, well, well, you know his uh, track record. Uh, Started in the Chicago area. This is really tough to choose because... Uh... You know what? I'm going to go with an upset. I see Lewis Lennon heading to the finals. But the way I think it is, I think it's probably going to be... I want it to be ACH versus Del Sol. Yeah, I want it too as well, but... Um, I just don't know how his schedule is going to go because he has to go to Mexico and everything, but at the same time, he has to be booked so far this year. And I don't know if his his, his schedule is going to be much busier after this show. So just to be in the safe safe place, I'm going to go with Lewis Linden here. Okay. Well, I'm going to go with dreams. So. <laughs> All right. <laughs> I, I'm going to go with a dream match. So, and with regard to who wins that, because of, just because of the ACH Ring of Honor situation. Which I know doesn't affect AAW. Actually, no, that'll probably help him. ACH would not that this isn't this isn't supposed to sound like predictable, but I think ACH will win it. But if ACH versus Del Sol does happen, my God, I need to get the DVD of that. <laughs> uh, as far as uh, my prediction, I said it's going to be ACH and Lewis Linden. Uh, I would pick I would pick ACH as well, but uh, whenever ACH makes it to the finals of any tournament of any kind, he doesn't go over. He he's on a, a losing, you know, he loses on any finals he's involved with, which I don't like. But you know, it's what it is. So because of that, I'm going to go with a, a wild card, and I'm going to go with Lewis Linden to win this tournament. And if that does happen, this will definitely uh, propel uh, Linden in the independent scene, uh, especially with AAW. Now we got interesting one as well. Well, we can't really pick on these, but... Apparently, Rhino will be making his return to AAW. And Plus, Jerry Lynn's last match. I'm just wondering if they're going to face each other. I was just about to say that. Because... It makes, it makes sense when you think about it. It's EC-Dub. Yeah. It's EC-Dub. You're in Chicago. Do you think Jerry Lynn would go over in this match, regardless on who he takes? I think for this one, yeah. Secretly, if it was Jerry Lynn versus Colt Cabana, I'd go apeshit crazy. 
And again, that'd be another reason to get the DVD. So, yeah, there's still more, well, as of time of recording, there could be more matches, more stuff added, but as as of recording, we're basically less than 48 hours away from the actual event, so I doubt a lot will be added. Yeah. But the fact that tickets are still available for $15... For seeing ACH and Samurai Del Sol and Hollister versus Callahan and Jerry Lynn's last match in Chicago. I think it's not his second last, but I think it might be his third. It's either his his second. It's his third last, I think. It's his farewell tour here. Yeah. I'm trying to work out which. It's not his last, but it's not his last last, but it's not the last last last. However that works. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> and next up we got Wrestling is Awesome happening this Sunday at the Rochester American Legion Hall in New Hampshire. Tickets uh front row for f- front row is fifteen dollars for this. And ten dollars general admission and as it seems to be with all Shikara and its uh, sister companies, all children under 12 are admitted free with an adult. Which is brilliant. 12, Get the kids in. 12 involved. and under. Yeah. Oh, 12 and under. So if you're under 13, I'll make it easy. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> 13 and under. 13 and under, you get in with an adult for free. If you're 13, you pay now. Well, you don't pay now. You pay on the door, anyway. Uh, first match we'll do, I guess, we can't really pick on, but Gervais Cottonbelly will be taking on a 2 be announced opponent. Just because I think he's, they're trying to do a storyline where he's... Uh, trying to get better this time I think uh, Gervais will I think Gervais will come out on top with this one I don't know who he's wrestling so I can't really decide <laughs> secretly I'm just giving it to him for that Harlem Shake video last week because <laughs> it was kind of his like old school dancing at the start which kind of made it for me it wasn't all the craziness that happened after the music crescendo. But, anyway. People already hate me. Oh, you bringing up the Harlem Shake. Oh, fucker. <laughs> Too bad. I am neither for nor against it. I just don't like the fact that it's like within about a week, everybody internet had ever done it. And I didn't. <laughs> <laughs> but... Anyway, next match, we've got Green Ant versus Anthony Stone. Uh, That should be a fun match. Uh, I I do remember seeing Anthony Stone uh, during the Young Lions Cup tournament, and he was pretty good. So, I'm actually going to say that Stone wins. Yeah, I'm going to go with an upset here as well and go with Stone. Then, next up, we've got Dalton Castle. Taking on 
Alberto Del... No, sorry. Juan Francisco de Coronado. Probably with Manservant. Yeah, I'm going to go with uh, JFC here. JFC? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's like JFK, but he hasn't got the K yet. Well, I thought he was going to say something else. Yeah, it was... I would have said ADR. I would have said UFC. Well, I, th- I thought you were going to say KFC instead. <laughs> no. Uh. I would have said, if, if, if it was that, I was going to say Nando's. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, racial people. We didn't discriminate you. We're just kidding. Oh. Or something. I don't know. After everything that happened on WNL this past week... <laughs> Consider that just a mild taste of what happened if you didn't listen to it. Oh, boondock. That was, <laughs> no, that, that was crazy. Uh, next up, I've got to be careful what I say here. It's Mike Quackenbush versus Frank O'Rourke. Mm, I'm going to say Francis wins. Who? Yeah, that guy. Oh, O'Rourke. Okay. Right. Um, yeah. Yeah, I think O'Rourke will come out on top of this one as well. I think I'll say. It's, it's, it's kind of either way, though. I could see Quack get the win. Now, this one's interesting because it's apparently the four-team battle pit match. Only problem is we only know two teams. <laughs> We know that 3.0 is in it, and we know that Devastation Corporation's in it. But that's it. It's a four-team match, and we know two teams. How the hell do we pick on this? Uh, we don't. <laughs> we'll just have to move on. Or we can just guess who might be in the match. Well, I'm guessing with the way it's probably going, Devastation Corporation will probably win. But do you want to guess who else might be involved? Um, who else is on their roster? Hang on, I'm bringing it up. It's we're trying to do this like the AIW one. So, 3.0 Devastation Corporation. Just having a look. Well, before we do that, let's get to the other two because I just noticed one of those names is actually part of one of the matches after this. We got Saturine versus Oleg the Usurper. Yeah, I'm gonna go with Saturine here. Yeah, I'll probably uh, No, screw it. I'm gonna go with a guy that wants to be in four two apparently, Oleg the Usurper. I'm gonna go with uh Oleg to get the win here and then in the main well I don't know if it's the main event, but Last match is Dasha Hatfield versus Yaka. I'm going to go with Yaka here. I'm going to go with Dasha. Mainly because he, he's like he's like ACH. He can never lose unless it's for a reason. Like I said, it was last uh, a few weeks back with Shikara. But it should be a good one anyway. So... Let's see. I'm just having a look at the roster. 
One name that's on the roster that doesn't seem to be competing is the Estonian Thunderfrog. But the most confusing thing is, he's the only one that's on the roster that isn't already wrestling. Well, they'll probably put in the uh, uh, Proud Oak. I guess that's who he is. They'll probably put him yeah. together. I can also see a lot of ice creams being involved as well. Just having a quick look. Uh, Robert Coleman was in the, the show they had in December. But everyone else seems to have uh, thought. I doubt Portia Perez will be in either. No. <laughs> I think that was a one off. <laughs> so, yeah, that's. Interesting lineup, certainly, for wrestling is awesome. And then we come to the biggest one of the weekend, this Saturday's Ring of Honor 11th anniversary show. Uh, I got to be honest, I completely forgot that was this weekend. I thought that was like next week or something. (laughs) And, oh, this is why ACH probably won't win. Because the following night, he's going to be in, probably won't be the opening match, but he's going to be involved in the six-man mayhem match. He, ACH, will be taking on God's Gift QT Marshall, Silas Young, Mike Seidel, Adam Page, and Tadarius Thomas. Hmm. Who would choose? I would say ACH, but uh, he's not really on the winning streak in Ring of Honor, but uh, I can understand why. But I'm going to go with uh, QT Marshall. I think I'm going to go for QT Marshall as well. And what's his name? Tommaso Ciampa will turn up. Do you think he show up here? I think they go. I think it's going to probably build to QT Marshall versus Ciampa at... Uh, well, not WrestleCon, but the WrestleMania weekend. Yeah, oh, the Supercard of Honor, yeah. Supercard of Honor, yeah. Next up, a grudge tag team match as Coleman and Alexander take on Scum. Well, I'm going to go with uh, CNC to win. I'm going to go with Scum here. Actually, because then they'll cut a promo about, oh, wow, tonight is when Ring of Honor becomes Scum of Honor, which then probably gives away what happens in the main event. But we'll get to that. Next up, the no-holds-barred match between Charlie Haas and BJ Whitmer. Now, storyline-wise, because this happened on the TV taping since their last iPay-Per-View, I think it was a match between the Whitmer and who was it? Oh, um, Red Titus. Was yeah, it? there you go, Red Titus. Yeah, teamed up again to take on Harson Benjamin, and I think it was whoever lost or got pinned would be gone. Or it might have been if if one team lost, one individual went, and if it was the other, the other went. And what happened is, 
I think Haas turned on Benjamin, didn't he? And just left him. And Benjamin got... Benjamin lost. I think because of Titus or Whitmer, I can't remember off the top of my head. But that that was the reason to explain uh, Benjamin's contract being uh, basically torn up because... Shelton wanted to go and they let him. Which makes sense. That's why this is... The the storyline continues, but with no Shelton involvement. I think for this one, just because of that sick bump that BJ suffered from Haas, BJ gets the win here. Yeah, I think one was going to win as well. Yeah. Now, next up... An interesting one as well. The world TV title. Adam Cole defends against the winner of the top prospect tournament, Matt Tavern, along with Truth Martini. Apparently things aren't so bad for him now. He's managed to find somebody to manage. <laughs> um, I'm going to say Adam Cole retains. Yeah. I think it honestly is probably going to be Adam Cole versus Hardy at Supercard of Honor for the TV title. I think so. Cole has to retain for that reason. Next up, an interesting one as well. Two out of three falls match between Michael Elgin and Roderick Strong and Truth Martini's banned from ringside. Be quite honest, I don't think either of them want him in their want him in their corner, so that doesn't really matter. <laughs> yeah, uh, Michael Elgin needs the win here because anytime he's fought uh, Roderick Strong, he's been on the losing end. So I see Elgin winning here, and I hope that this feud ends once and for all. Well, the fact that, in my opinion, Elgin should have gone over at final battle didn't make that much sense for Strong to win. I think Elgin's going to win here this time. And then hopefully, as you say, this storyline does come to an end because this has been going on and off for a year of will they, won't they kind of thing. So probably best to just leave it there. The Next up's the Dream Tag Team Match. As the American Wolves, Eddie Edwards and Davey Richards take on the Forever Hooligans, Rocky Romero and Alex Kozlov. It's kind of funny because uh, Davey Richards is uh, taking on uh, his former uh, tag team partner, uh, Rocky Romero, in New Japan. Uh, they also had a. I, they were also part of the No Remorse Corp in Ring of Honor, alongside with uh, Roderick Strong. Um, I see the American Wolves going over here. I think the American Wolves will get it here as well. It's probably going to build towards the Briscoes versus American Wolves. Yeah. At Supercard of Honor. Speaking of that, that probably gives away the result for this next match. The World Tag Team titles on the line with the Briscoes taking on Bobby Fish and Kyle O'Reilly. Gee, I wonder who's going to win here. Hashtag man up. Yeah, Briscoe's. Briscoe's win, yeah. And then 
the Ring of Honor World Championship. Kevin Steen defending against Jay Lethal. Hmm. How long has uh, a Steen held the belt since May? Uh, it was since... Yeah, since May, since the um, Toronto show. I, I forgot the name of the show now, but I know it was in Toronto back in May last year. Uh, you know what? I, I think it's time for to give Lethal the belt. I, I think it's time. Uh, Lethal's going to win here. Yeah. I'm surprised that they didn't do it in Jersey or in New York because obviously that's that's Lethal's territory kind of thing. Yeah. But at the same time, uh, I think the one in New Jersey, I think I think that was a DVD show only, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. I think they want to make a title change uh you know, during it, pay per view, yeah. yeah. <clears throat> I'm trying to have a look. Uh, typically, it doesn't say the event. <laughs> it doesn't say the event on there as to what it was. I need to go to the. Uh, where is it? Results. Past events. I'm trying to get the name of it. I think it was like. Wasn't it Best in the World? Can't remember. Uh. I don't remember. <laughs> I'll have a quick look uh, if I can get to it in time. I think I think it was best in the world because it was well, it was something like that, but then it got renamed. Look, uh, it wasn't Showdown in the Sun. It wasn't Unity. Must have been best in the world. Have a quick look. Because best in the world got renamed, I think. Oh, no, it wasn't. Was it um, Killer Instinct? Best in the world hostage. Oh, no, best in the world hostage crisis is when... um, Steen uh, got the belt. Or, no, Steen teamed up with Scum, wasn't it? I think. Yes, I was. Because I remember seeing that video. It was a pretty well put together video. Just Yeah, that was the, uh, the rematch with uh, Steen and Richards for the title. Yeah. It's annoying me now because, hang on, let's have a quick look. Richards, yeah, Toronto, Canada, 12th of May. Border Wars, that was it. There you go. Border Wars is when the title changed. Hands. The reason why I was thinking best in the world is because that was that was when Scum first appeared. In its, at least its current form. Something I didn't know, though, is he actually, uh, Steen's last defense of a title earlier this year was actually against Tadarius Thomas in mid-January. Wow. <laughs> I'm guessing that must have been, 
Oh no, it was it was a no? It was the eye pay per view that they had from uh, Milwaukee right at the start of the year. Apparently, actually, I'm, I'm looking at these. Hang on, Ring of Honor TV apparently was on eye pay per view. <laughs> Honor versus Evil was apparently on eye pay per view when it wasn't. That's a bit confusing. Anyway, I'm just have a while I'm while I'm on the Ring of Honor page. I have a quick look at what events that they've got coming up, because I think this is a story that we should have mentioned in the news, but we might as well bring it up here. There seems to be a lot of stuff going on now between Ring of Honor and CZW. Hmm. Because next week's CZW card does feature Jimmy Jacobs. And I believe uh, there's nothing confirmed as of yet. But I believe are they are some of the CCW talents involved in the TV taping? Uh, I'm not sure. Have a quick look. Just having a look for the TV taping, which is actually this Sunday. Match is already signed. Cole versus Hardy for the TV title. The Forever Hooligans will be taking on the winners of the Briscoes Red Dragon match from the pay-per-view. The American Wolves will be taking on... Oh my god, the American Wolves are going to be taking on Tadarius Thomas and ACH. And there we go. Yeah, the Women of Honor, the four-corner survival match. Athena versus Mischief versus Cherry Bomb versus Scarlet Bordeaux. So there's an interesting combination there. And then live event towards the end of the month. I don't know if there's any matches added for that yet. No, there isn't. And then Supercard of Honor 7. Wooty Woot. And Oh, wow. So that's going to be on Friday. And Supercard of Honor is on iPay-Per-View, actually. Yeah. So they could do a title change then if they wanted to. But then the most interesting thing is they're also going to be doing a Ring of Honor TV taping in the Manhattan Center the day after. That isn't even part that isn't even officially part of the WrestleMania weekend stuff, but that's going to be a hell of a TV taping as well, so you are spoilt for choice. And then in May, they head back over the border to Toronto, Canada. For Border Wars on iPay-Per-View. After that, there's nothing confirmed iPay-Per-View-wise. But there probably will be. Oh, they're they're heading to uh, San Antonio, Texas on June 1st. Yep. Randy State. Maybe he'll get a chance to go to that show. He'll probably just... Yeah, that'll be interesting to see. I'm trying to think if there's anything else. I don't think there's any other big things going down in Texas. I don't think wrestling is... Uh, wrestling is Chicago or whatever we call them. <laughs> is going there at any point. There's still too many, damn it. Anyway... Uh, that's the rundown of all things indie for this week, certainly. But 
Make sure you catch all the other shows here on the SNS Radio Network. Live show-wise, you've got Wrestling News Live every Tuesday at 9pm Eastern with JJ and Bronx. And I believe this week, the, the show coming up, some very interesting guests lined up. If you want to find out who they are, listen to WNL. I'm not going to tell you. We need, we need more listens to that. <laughs> then Thursday, we've got TNA Chat Live with Bronx at 10.30 Eastern. Before that, though, I believe it's back this week after a few technical glitches. The uh, Running the Rope Show with Mav and Crelly at 4 p.m. Eastern. Then Friday, you've got the open book with Sean and myself at normally 11 Eastern, but this past week it was on at 9 Eastern because it was a special spoiler show. But, yeah, the usual slot is 11 Eastern, that is. Uh, then Sunday is on pay-per-views. You have Sunday Night Showdown starting off at 8 Eastern. Not sure if there's going to be a TNA show next week. We'll have to wait and see. I believe there is going to be a show for WrestleMania coming up in April, so keep your ears out for that. Podcast-wise, you've got uh, the Elite Force podcast, the midweek edition with Chuck W, and the weekend show with Walkie and Mindwipe. Then you've also have uh, Beyond the Bell, Sean Beckerman. Nice one looking at some of the great classic feuds of uh, the past. That Very much enjoyed that one. Uh, then the other shows, I'm trying to think. Are there any other shows that I can think? The Hard Way, currently on hiatus, but check out the archive for some of their past shows. And then there's us. I think is that everybody, Sandra? Uh, I believe so. I think that's everybody covered. That's amazing. So, with that, any last words, Sandra? Uh, no, just um, keep checking this out. Yeah. Something I might as well mention here, as a, again, to bookmark it. Or bookend it, should I say. Start and end. We want to get your opinions on this show about indie wrestling. No, about whether it's a, a match you saw on YouTube. But you don't know where it's from, but you like the talents. Or whether it was a full show that you uh, saw on iPay-Per-View. Or whatever. We want your guys' thoughts on it. We want your guys' thoughts on the women's wrestling as well. What's your take on the fact that uh, WSU seems to be taking some sort of a different approach now with the new ownership? You can get your emails in for that and everything else that we didn't mention in that segment and whatever to wholeindy at snsradionetwork.com. That's W H. 
O-L-E-I-N-D-Y at snsradionetwork.com With that song of the night, um, one of my friends on Facebook actually posted this up as one of their favourite songs as it was their birthday. So, just as a general kind of birthday greeting to uh, him, who his name is Tom, he doesn't listen to the show. He probably doesn't even know that I do this show. If he somehow finds it and somebody gives it to him, that's kind of creepy. But okay. Uh, with, with that birthday wish, I'll also wish a happy birthday this past week to Sean and also to Lexi. Hope you all had great birthdays. So with that, Tom's favourite song, Johnny Cash's When the Man Comes Around. So that was Sandro. This was Ashley. And all of that, what you just heard, was your weekly slice of indie goodness. We will see you next week, people. Good night. Peace. There's a man going around taking names And he decides who to free and who to blame Everybody won't be treated all the same There'll be a golden ladder reaching down When the man comes around The hairs on your arm will stand up At the terror in each sip and in each sup Will you partake of that last offered cup Or disappear into the potter's ground When the man comes around Hear the trumpets, hear the pipers One hundred million angels singing Multitudes are marching to the big kettle drum Voices calling, voices crying Some are born and some are dying Alpha and Omega's kingdom come And the whirlwind is in the thorn tree The virgins are all trimming their wicks The whirlwind is in the thorn tree It's hard for thee to kick against the pricks Till Armageddon, no shalom, no shalom Then the father hen will bring his chickens home The wise men will bow down before the throne And at his feet they'll cast their golden crowns When the man comes around Whoever is unjust, let him be unjust still Whoever is righteous, let him be righteous still Whoever is filthy, let him be filthy still Listen to the words long written down When the man comes around Hear the trumpets, hear the pipers 
100 million angels singing Multitudes are marching to the big kettle drum Voices calling, voices crying Some are born and some are dying It's Alpha and Omega's kingdom come And the whirlwind is in the thorn tree The virgins are trimming their wicks The whirlwind is in the thorn tree It's very hard to kick against the bricks In measured penny weight and hundred pounds When the man comes around I'm so wrong.